The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, welcome back to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me is the one, the only, Tammy the Girl Underwood. Say, ah Tammy. Ah-ooga. Is that better? No, because we're doing werewolves, man. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Ah-ooh. I can't even howl like a wolf because I'm not hungry <laughs> like the wolf. Duran Duran reference, really. <laughs> well, you know, got to throw them. We're talking about wolves. What other wolf song is out there? That is the dumbest fucking song ever. And let me tell you why. Because the video itself is stupid? The video itself is stupid. And Isn't that the one where the ladies on the beach and the paint? Like body paint? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. That's the one I'm thinking of. But uh, on top of that, they the, the words is a singular wolf. Like only one wolf. Is hungry? Is hungry. All wolves are hungry. True. And I'm sure there's more than one wolf at a time that wants to eat. That's true. Why yeah, is it, it is singular? True. It is. Hungry like the wolf, not hungry like the wolves. Yeah, I would, I, I'd be okay with it if it was plural like it should be. That, that's just me. That's just me. <laughs> it's just your own, like, OCD there, huh? It is. And I found that out actually from one of my uh, former bass players because um, we're all, you know, watching bullshit and uh and i'm singing along with it and i say wolves he goes, no dude it's wolf look at the title like, oh that's it no i officially hate this song <laughs> i officially hate this song and you simon lebon <laughs> yeah no totally 100 I'm, I'm just not we're, we're, yeah. we're not amused by that yeah. it should be plural should be you're right it should be i agree with you on that one and that doesn't matter if you're speaking usa english or the queen's english it's a true. plural statement true I did, Greg. I did, Greg. I got another text message from my attorney, and I don't even know what it means. But anyways. It means that you can't work that part of Sandy Boulevard anymore. You're not allowed at the no-tell motel. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Now you're going to have to find another hourly motel. The Red Roof Inn. <laughs> That's too high class for you. We know that you go to, to Jed Bob Bodine's hourly rentals. You don't even get Motel 6, bitch. They don't leave the light on for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into part You're two. You're so stupid. Okay, so um, basically what I want to talk about, what I'm going to start talking about, because, you know, I ended with the case of um, uh, that guy, Tesnow, in Germany. Um, but now I want to start talking about the legends of werewolves. So everybody can get a better understanding of the subject. Now, there's something you will find here, and I'm sure you especially will pick up on it as quick as I did. Like, well, I pick up on it as quick as I do, like an 18-year-old girl at a at a kind of at a concert at a show. As it at a coffee shop down the road. What? <laughs> no, that works too. <laughs> hey, baby, you like caramel macchiatos? <laughs> Me too. You, is you your like, Wi-Fi working? <laughs> how's your Wi-Fi? Do you like it? Extra foamy. Ew. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, some people wanted, are speculating that maybe a misunderstanding actually led to the myth of werewolves. So, the, for the past several centuries, wolves have been blamed for some of the most horrific crimes committed in various communities. Especially the crimes that defy all human logic and can only be classified as animalistic in nature. 
At the forefront of the blame are humans who can shapeshift into a vicious animal, mainly because the crimes committed appear, appear to be inhuman, right? Like we noticed with Spillman and how, you know, he like, like dismembered their or like mutilated their genitals and placed it on their face, you know? Yeah, you know, and, and as many jokes as I make, yeah. I always try to bring levity. I never see the point of totally... Um, me neither. Disgracing someone's body and being that disrespectful. Right, and then posing them as an added form of disrespect and shock value to whoever finds them. Yeah, I, I, I just you know, don't know. Because you know the person who finds them is going to be probably be a loved one. Right. And that's well, the yeah. only, that is the last image they will have in their head is that their loved one in that position. Right, and like rarely is it like somebody who's like a door-to-door salesman true, or something like true. that. Yeah, you're right. It's somebody who's, you know, this uh, aunt, uncle, mother, father, brother, sister, kids, mm-hmm. you know, or even the the occasional neighbor lady who's coming over. Janet, I brought you a pie, and they're like, "Oh shit!" Right, <laughs> more than a pie. Exactly. I mean, yeah. So, like I said, it's their loved one's going to have that that image in their head for the rest of their life, and you know, it'll drown out all the other things. So, anyways, you know, because the. The crimes appear to be inhuman. In fact, they appear to be committed by a being that defies the force of nature and takes on an evil supernatural characteristic. Now, according to Greg McCreary, he's a former FBI profiler, there may have been a misunderstanding in criminology that led to this myth. Um, He said there's a reluctance to admit that someone in our community would be capable of the kind of evil we see in brutal murders. Evil is so overpowering that we want to attribute it to some, quote, monster. But the reality is that many good people can have some terrible flaws. Okay? Now, some legends contend that wolves in general should be compared to the devil. So in ancient times, it wasn't a giant leap for people to surmise that savage and heinous acts were committed by people who would come in contact with Lucifer, who then trapped them in animal form, in this case, a wolf. Depending on the region, some legends say that Satan offered the person something to get in exchange for being turned into a wolf, or the person transformed into the mutant creature considered the transformation a mystical gift. Therefore, the different tales from different cultures have captivated our attention for centuries. Now, Anne Rice, who's probably the most famous for writing the Vampire Chronicles. Right. And the erotica novel series, The Sleeping Beauty Quartet, which I I suggest everybody read who's over the age of 18 because it is amazing. Maybe I'll read that one there. More for the spank bank. I was going to say, that'll give you a big spank bank right there. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Because I read them when I was in jail and... It was hard to come by. You had to like, nobody ever checked them back into the library. We just passed them around to people to individuals so they wouldn't get lost. Now, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Now, she claims the concept of the werewolf combined with people's sadistic and masochistic, are combined with people's sadistic and masochistic desires. She said, on one hand, man is degraded as he is forced to submit to the bestial, met- bestial metamorphosis. On the other hand, he emerges as a powerful, sadistic predator who can, without regret, destroy other men. Right? So, in other words, the myth may arouse emotions in us that are hard to define. It appeals to a person's sense of seduction as well as their sense of apprehension. Right? So, humankind's belief in the 
in the human ability to shapeshift can be traced back to biblical times. In 600 BC, King Nebuchadnezzar <laughs> believed he was afflicted with a condition for approximately four years, which caused him to caper about as a wild beast while his hair grew out. Roughly 2,100 years later, during the 1500s, scientists in France determined Nebuchadnezzar most likely suffered from lycanthropy. There were two books written that may have been the most informative sources on the subject. The first book was called, is called The Book of Werewolves, written by Sabine Baring Gold. The 19th century historian and archaeologist wrote about several counts of werewolf tales from around the world. One was based out of Scandinavia, and it goes like this. A man and his son, both bandits, came upon two sleeping men, men in possession of wolfskins. They donned them and could not get them off. When they began to feel and howl like wolves, they went into the woods to slay hapless travelers together. And then the second book is called The Werewolf in Lauren Legend. And this one was written by, you're going to love this name, by Augustus Montague Summers. Jesus, that's a fancy-ass name. I know, right? And according, <laughs> he was a clergyman and teacher, and he says... Wait a minute, for the Catholic Church, was he teaching little boys? Uh, probably. Sick bastards. Yeah. According to him, the man beasts weren't just a legend, but reality. The people who held these traits had some type of interaction with Satan, and their encounter produced one of two results. An insanity brought on by possession, or a supernatural ability to transform into a creature. So, I, wait, I want to interject this, okay? Okay. <sighs> Y'all, don't think I'm nuts. Just hear me out. Oh, shit. Are you being serious? Um, no, this time I am being serious. Okay, because usually when you start, hear me out, it's never serious. So uh, No, no. I the, didn't want to start laughing and lifts. No, the, the, this isn't one of those, you know, I was there, you know, binding my own business, being my Bible moments. Um, just hear me out. We live in a day, in an age now where everybody can connect with each other around the world. Yes. But if you look throughout history, when we didn't have internet, we didn't even have phones, nothing like that, isn't it peculiar even in cultures that didn't have, um, that, that, that weren't Christian-based or anything like that, every single culture from Native American to right. the Catholics and the Christians to Muslims to Buddhists have a story of lycanthropy. Yes. Every single culture has every one. Yeah, so that lends credence to the, yeah. I uh, y'all are going to want to lock me up, but I, this is just what I believe. And, you know, maybe I am crazy. I think that it's possible and probable yes. that some people can change into different animals. Yeah. Only because what lends it is, is just like you said, lends credence that every culture has a story like exactly. that. Exactly. Every culture has a story. And so it... it that's why I said it It lends more credence to the fact because, I mean, I'm not going to say I believe them here or there, whatever. I mean, if I saw one, I'd be, be like, oh, cool. You know, however, it does lead credence to it because they're every culture, no matter what, who doesn't. I mean, in ancient times, didn't have the communication with each other. Yeah, and it's not like they, you know, it, it's exactly. not like the Greeks are talking to, let's say, the Aztecs. Correct. They're not like, you know, hey, we're going to freaking paddle on over. Hey, how's it going, Montezuma? Let's shoot the shit for a little while. You have lycanthropes? Oh, we have them too. Nothing like that. Exactly. Exactly. But yet, in these cultures that that spanned, like, the last, at least, what, 2,000 years? Yes. Plus. Plus. That yes. 
are far separated with no way to communicate with each other. They don't even know each other exists. Right. Have very, and not just similar, like, lycanthropy stories, but the stories are very much alike. Yes, very much alike. They all start with the... Uh, person who can shapeshift into an animal usually brought on by a full moon you know what i mean and like has no sense of inhibitions or you know what i mean right and speaking of the full moon thing i posed this here in citizens of brutal nation oh i know i saw that this morning is do you think that a full moon brings out the crazy in people has an effect on people and even your sister said, yeah, because, you know, I worked as a nurse or whatever the hell she yeah, I don't she's. Yeah, she's a phlebotomist, actually. Oh, okay. So she's a, she, she's a vampire. Okay, yes. groovy. <laughs> okay, look here. Look, 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 look. Chrissy. Look here, little Missy. And, and her Missy, name is it. Missy, but whatever. Yeah. Look here, Missy. I hope you're not one of those phlebotomists that I've had that can't hit a goddamn vein. Because I have huge veins, by the way. And I've had some phlebotomists miss my... How can they miss your veins? I can hit your veins. Dude. And I have no training. (laughs) If a blind, retarded guy... Threw a dart. (laughs) From across the room, you can hit my veins. Yeah, my mom would love your veins. Never mind. I did not (laughs) say that. (laughs) She does, believe me. As soon as I said it, I regretted it. She already does. (laughs) No, but seriously, like, and I've had one or two... Bottom said, I'd shake my hand, go think about myself. You're just fucking retarded. Uh, well, your veins roll. No, no, they don't. And they're yeah. ginormous. You could literally, if you had mm. the Alaskan pipeline pipes, <laughs> you could draw blood with me with those. I mean, my, vein, my veins are huge. Yeah, yeah. Fucking idiots. Yeah. So that's, well, that's see, a PSA I have missing. rolling veins, and they're like, they're really small, and they don't like to be poked and prodded. I remember I used because. I, I mean, I had endometriosis up until, you know, I had all my issues taken care of when my son was little. But um, I would go through, like, painful cycles. And every once in a while, I'd be in the clinic going, I don't understand what's going on. And, of course, they have to do the gamut of STD tests. Oh, yeah. And it's like, and finally, I got so tired of being called, being used as a pincushion. One of the phlebotomists, he was this cute little guy. I mean, young guy working at Kaiser. And he goes, it's. He goes, ma'am, I'm sorry. It's just going to be a little prick. I said, yeah, that's what he said. Just get it over with. And he just kind of, his jaw dropped. And he goes, okay. <laughs> so I got a story about that. So yeah. this was uh, at Vancouver Clinic where, where I go. And they were training, or they had trained a, a new phlebotomist. And I was only the second person she had done on her own. Oh, my goodness. So she pulls out this little butterfly. I was going to say, did she try to butterfly it? Yep. And I said, sweetheart, what's your name? And she's told me her name. I can see her name anyway. And I can't remember what the hell it was. I think it was an Amy, like Amanda or Amy or something like that. I go, come here. Come closer. She goes, what? I'm like, this is our secret. You ready? She's like, yeah. You see the size of my veins? They're big. But I've never used one of the bigger needles. Honey, use yeah. the biggest one you got. Because if you use that thing there, I'm going to be here all day. Yeah. And trust me. I said, I promise you, you're not going to miss my vein. What if I do miss my miss your vein? No, I promise. You have my word on it. I'm not even a phlebotomist, I will tell you. It is damn near impossible. Damn near, yeah. I've seen your I've seen the veins in your arms. Yeah. Yeah. And sure enough, I was the first like larger needle, what is it? Like ten gauge or something like that? I think so. Something, yeah, whatever the big needle is that she had used. Said, okay, I'm gonna try it, but I'm hoping I'm not gonna hurt you. You could turn away. Not me, I look at it because I've been I know, so I can't since. stand I cannot look while they're taking no, my blood. I'm like, go for it. Let's do this. Yeah, no. You know, um, it's, 
oh my god, if nobody ever looks, I'm like, yeah, that doesn't bug me. Cause I, I yeah. get plenty of shots and I get plenty of no, no, you know, I hate blood draws. Them. Hate them. Welcome to being diabetic. They draw a lot of blood, man. Yeah, no, I mean. <laughs> But yeah, she was all happy and proud. She said, oh, my God. Dr. Don said, you did good. You did good. You did good. Now, do you want a sticker and a sucker, too? That's what I wanted to give her. Like, seriously, I wish I would have had stickers, like a little gold star. I would have yeah. put it on her nipple. I mean, her blouse. You're and, so uh, stupid. <laughs> no, because um, when I was in the hot because um, before I found out I was pregnant, I was having some issues that we thought were related to the endometriosis. And so I went to the hospital and they come back and told me I was pregnant and gave me a sucker and a sticker. I said, you're the only one happy right now. <laughs> you know, of course, I was overjoyed to have my son. Don't get me wrong. but Can't see why, man. <laughs> I know. He's a, he's a terror. So, Goddamn adult terror. It makes me want to tranquilize a dart him sometimes. I know. Because I don't dare try to fight him. He's nine feet tall and Asian. And every Asian. And knows Taekwondo. <laughs> they, they all know Kung Fu, okay? No, so, Taekwondo. Oh, yeah. It depends on the na- nationality. I don't care what yeah. the hell it is. It's all Kung Fu to me. And he'll, like, it's all Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah, Kung Fu. And then he'll pull out those Bruce Lee moves. I'll go, Whoop-a! And then pretty soon he'll be speaking in subtitles. And that's <laughs> what you know. Keep moving. Oh, dude. You know shit's going to go down when, when they start. Their, their lips keep moving. You don't hear, you, you don't hear anything anymore. But subtitles appear like around their waistline. You know, what the hell is he saying? Oh, you have disrespected my family and my my father. You are going to die. I'm like, holy shit! That appeared subtitles out of nowhere. And pretty soon he's kicking me in the head. And then I have to explain how a freaking eighty thousand foot Asian like went all Bruce Lee on my ass and using and, his thumb to wipe the blood away from his nose. Oh no, the way I, I probably wouldn't even get a chance to do that. Like he would taekwondo me, he would he would kung fu me, and uh, then I'd be like waking up, going, "Is my dad alive? And did I do something bad? Because I think that my dad just kicked my ass again." <laughs> my, my dad just whooped my ass. From the grave. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, nah, man. 50 foot tall Asian kid over here did. And I'm like, you know what? Here's what the story is. This is what I'm telling you. Ready? Five big black guys jumped out of a bush. <laughs> and I fought, okay? And I got four of them. I got four of them. It was great. But then they had another one that jumped out. I didn't see him. The six. And two of them just beat my ass. I just, I didn't see him coming. Blindsided me. That's, Blindsided that's, me. That's what we're going to tell everybody. So, in Summer's book, he talks about how men would don wolfskins at night so they could conjure the devil. And by doing so, he would give them the wolf, he would give them as the wolf special powers. If they performed the ritual correctly, they made, quote, the change, which granted a period of complete abandon into blood, blood and violence. Now, there were also stories told all over Europe about how hunters would kill a wolf and cut off its paw. The next morning, when they opened their pouch to retrieve the severed limb, they were shocked to discover they were actually holding a woman's hand. While they were in the local village later, they noticed a woman walking around with a mysterious bandage around the arm where the limb would have been. In fact, this tale is actually still being depicted in films and books today. Damn. I know, right? So according to popular modern tales, the transformation from man to wolf is regulated by moon cycles. Therefore, the only cycle powerful enough to affect the change is the full moon. Once they become the beast, they can go about terrorizing and murdering anyone they please. And the next morning, they will have no memory of their horrific acts. Did you know your mom calls me the beast? The beast of the bedroom? (laughs) (laughs) I... 
I can't. <laughs> <laughs> the only sign of, of the some, beast of the bedroom no, is your mom. Something gone wrong would be the lingering taste of blood in their mouth. Every once in a while, there may be carcasses of dead animals around them. Now, some might wake up thinking they had a horrible nightmare involving them killing others. And if they had the animal remains around them, they would be repulsed by it. Hang then, tight. Wait a minute. We have a werewolf in my house. Why? Because there's a great big carcass in my spare room. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's my son. Never that's mind. That's a bag of bones. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that, that's my son. He, he, I thought, only thought he was a carcass. He moved. Yeah, he moved. <laughs> Well, sometimes it's well. No, I'm kidding. Sometimes it's questionable. I sit there and did that fucker die on me? What the yeah. hell? Did a werewolf get him? All I see is a carcass. <laughs> the smell of decay. No, I'm kidding. That's his natural odor. <laughs> his eau de Jake. <laughs> New from Lancome, Paris. Oh, de Jake. <laughs> we are horrible. Then there are some who've accepted they are cursed and tried to protect others from themselves by locking themselves in dungeons or heavily barred cells. Mm, I like so, dungeons. I know. Sometimes they will have their loved ones watching over them to make sure they don't escape and warn their, quote, guard not to set them free, no matter how convincing their pleas may become. Now, in the tales from the 20th century, once a person accepts the fact they're a werewolf, they are filled with remorse. They feel they are a prisoner of a curse they did not choose to be inflicted with. However, they can be destroyed if they are shot in the heart with a bullet made of pure silver. Keep in mind, all the tales above are works of fiction. In reality, the existence of werewolves is just another mental illness that derives a per- drives a person to grow out their hair, viciously attack other humans, consume raw meat, and sometimes run around on all four limbs. See, and I call bullshit because I thoroughly believe that lycanthropy is... Yeah. And it's only because you're not... Okay, and this is just in my mind. I could be wrong. It happens. You're not going to have this many accountings. It's not like just one or two here and there, okay? Like, it, let's, right. say, let's say that it was like, I don't know, the Western Europeans had something like, hey, we saw somebody turn into a wolf. And maybe Africa comes along and says, we had somebody that turned into a cat. You know, and that, and that was it. Then it would go, okay, well, you know what? People's imaginations, blah, blah, blah. You know, but when you have every single culture over... Th- 2,000 right. years plus sitting there and even cave drawings right. so that you show don't this shit. The lycanthropy that's being that's going on around the world, even back in prehistoric times, was actually people suffering from mental illness that caused them to do these things? No, I think that I think that's a real thing, man. But we, oh. we rely so much on science. True that. True There's that. some things that science can't prove. That's true, too. Okay, so... And we don't know everything in the universe. Oh, yeah. We don't even know a fraction of so, anything in the universe. Like I said, if, if it was just one or two or even three stories that kind of got handed down generation to generation, I'd be like, right. okay, you know what? People's imaginations or some bullshit. All right, not a big deal. But when every single culture has stories that are almost identical. Yeah, that's why I was leaning more to the fact that they, it is a mental illness and nobody knew how to describe it back then. But people have seen people that turn into other animals. Yeah, that's true, too. That's There are accounts of that. You're right. And I will give you that. Across the board for over 2,000 years. And like I said, even in cave drawings. Right. Well, and it also goes to the fact that, you know, people say there's no such a thing as aliens. But across cultures in prehistoric times, there's several references to, like, things coming from the sky and, like, spaceship type, you know, cave or coming drawings from Mexico. And stuff. 
Yeah, well, you know, there's that there's too. A, no. no, but seriously. If <laughs> no. Okay, I believe in aliens too, and let me, me tell too. you why. Because if we're the only intelligent species in the entire universe, that's very that narcissistic, is, narcissistic of us. Narcissistic, and it's stupid as shit. Yeah. Because if we're the if we're the top of the food chain, oh my <laughs> god, this whole the whole universe <laughs> is doomed. If we're the intelligent beings. <laughs> This universe is doomed. Especially doomed. considering some of the people I've had to talk to lately. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, totally. It's like, no, dude. No, but yeah. I mean, I, you might be right. I mean, we can agree to get, disagree, but I mean, who's to say either one of us is wrong or who's, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. You know, so, but I believe that, uh, and I've said this before, possibility versus probability. Right. Um, this one here, I believe it's possible and probable. Right. And it's only because... Of the consistent stories that, right. that mimic each other over time and and globally, right? I you know, like I said, I can concede that point. I get what you're saying. You know, so. I, keep in mind we're still discovering new animals at the bottom of the fucking ocean. Oh, totally. And Magos. in rainforests, yes. So to sit there and go, well, like and we haven't B, found Nessie yet. She's out there. I know she is. There I was on the lock <laughs> as with McGilt. Playing some golf. And I said, Nessie! <laughs> but she wouldn't come. She wouldn't. It's a sad day for Nessie. <laughs> so, so anyways, Baring Good does write out about another account dating back to the 16th century. Um, this is the tale of the wolf boy. In the south of France, one afternoon, a couple of girls were in the meadow watching over some sheep when they spotted an odd-looking 13-year-old boy. <laughs> According... <laughs> According You're not my daddy. I hate you. According to them, his hair was tawny red and thickly matted, falling over his shoulders and completely covering his narrow brow. His small pale gray eyes twinkled with an expression of horrible ferocity and cunning from deep sunken hollows. I'm wondering how old are these girls that they're talking like that? Are they did you say cunning or cunting? Cunning. Oh gotcha. Now, the boy also had dark skin, sharp white teeth that resembled things, and ne- massive hands with long black pointed fingernails. The clothing he wore was torn almost as if they had been shredded. When and the, Mary was aroused by his large hands. And you know, I'm going to be saying a quote here in a minute that I do not want to say. <laughs> so when the girls got a closer look, they thought the young boy was actually starving from hunger. As they drew closer to him, the boy asked them to decide among themselves. What are you doing? Scratch my pitch. Oh, I thought you were trying to get me to do something again. No, I, see this? That's how I tell you. <laughs> right there. Usually you can tell me to get closer to the mic, and I'd no, be like, okay. how, how much closer can I get? <laughs> I got to describe for my people the hand signals. My finger's pointed down. My hand is up, and it's wig- my, my uh, index finger's wiggling back and forth. That's closer. See? I do that all the time. I do it closer. It's like finger banging, but upside down, okay? If I want to say, fuck you, then I do this. I go, whoop, and my fingers, middle finger goes up. That's how that works. Or I do this, and then I point at you. <laughs> or you do this. and you go <laughs> Or I do this, and I talk about your mom, the finger oh, through the hole. Okay, we're done. <laughs> See how that works? I hate you. You know all the hand signs by now, for Christ's sake. I know. I don't, I don't, I just saw your hand go up, so I assumed you were trying to get my attention. No, I'm, sc- I'm scratching my pit like a baboon, because, okay, so. Like a baboon? No, uh, here, you here's are a baboon. <laughs> Okay. One day I saw that my son shaves his pits. Yeah, have you have you given it a try? And for some reason, my left armpit, because I'm using like the gel and not the not not the solid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Feels sticky. 
Oh, yeah, that happens. And I noticed I was getting a little bit of a heat rash because, you know, I'm, I'm working a lot and sweating a lot. So I decided to shave. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't like, use a razor. I used my beard trimmer. Okay. And I just trimmed it down, and now, like, the my, my right side's itchy. My, my left side feels fine. It doesn't feel sticky and yucky anymore, which is good. Um, so, yeah, I kind of gave it a try, and I kind of see what he's on to. Yeah, and, I mean, being a woman who shaves her pits, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's I, amazing. I prefer to wax them, but, you know, times are tough right now. No, totes. <laughs> totes my But, yeah, I prefer to wax everything I get remove hair from. Hey, Just saying. Me too, except for my butt. I will not wax my butthole. I know. Why don't you ever get the butt strip? I don't understand your I do, logic. I, I love Michelle, my waxer, okay? She's amazing. I don't love her that much. No, not trust her around my butthole. <laughs> she does have those long, thin, pointy nails. Goddamn right. That's one, <laughs> that is one. She has the stiletto nails. That's one hiccup or sneeze away. <laughs> from being an ow. <laughs> from me getting eviscerated. From me getting a DNC in my butt. <laughs> That's what that is. That's a butt baby abortion <laughs> right there. I kind of see your point, but you know what? I mean, I have to get the butt strip when I get waxed. I have you to. have at it, man. You just wait until she maybe slips or she has a, a random sneeze or farts, and then all of a sudden you're going to be like, Michelle's too dainty to fart. I bet you she farts like a motherfucker. <laughs> she's kind of tomboyish, too, so yeah. Maybe. That's why I, I, I just adore her I know. so much. She, she's adorable. I love her. So anyways... um. Anyway, he told them to decide amongst themselves which of them was the prettiest. He would then take the one they chose as his wife. He claimed to be a priest's son. However, approximately three times a week, if he put on his wolf hide cape, he would transform into the beast for about an hour around dusk. When that happened, he would traverse the countryside with nine other man beasts like himself. Like now, me, a man beast. Yeah, well, reports indicate this is what he said. I have, I don't want to even say this. I have killed dogs and drunk their blood, but little girls taste better. Their flesh is tender and sweet. And then they're, I pulled up in my white panel van. They're blood rich and warm. I have, I can't even go on. I have eaten many a maiden as I have been on my raids together with my nine companions. I am a werewolf. Aha! If the sun were to set, I would fall on one of you and make a meal of you. <laughs> I, I know it's not know funny, but it's funny. I don't remember. What... I've eaten many a maiden myself, young man. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> and their blood is rich and warm. <laughs> it is very rich and warm because, you know, sometimes you don't have to pay extra for that if you're not in Thailand. <laughs> and. Because no, as I was writing this, I was like. Oh, my God. I know it's not funny, but it's so funny. <laughs> it is hilarious. I love how they talked back then. And I guess he wouldn't be rolling up in his white panel van to get the little girls. No. He'd be like, you know, clip, clop, clip, clop, <laughs> clip, clop in his white covered, uh, uh, like, wagon. His donkey driven wagon. That's right, man. He, I have an ass for you, little girl. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to pet my ass? <laughs> <laughs> So according to the story, the boy's name was Jean Grenier. He would go around telling any girl he came into contact with that he had sold his soul to the devil. Sometimes he would go into great detail about the victims he had attacked and or eaten in the past. Considering quite a few young girls from that village in France had gone missing, the locals thought there was more to the tales than just good storytelling. The Gordon concern prompted law enforcement officials to launch an official investigation. In reality, John Grenier wasn't 
the son of a preacher. He's not the son of a preacher man. I was just thinking the same thing. I was going to start singing that. <laughs> was the son of a preacher man. Yeah. In fact, his father was a struggling laborer. John himself had been hired by some farmers in the area to keep an eye on their sheep. But he wasn't as observant as he claimed to be. It's hard to be when you got those rubber boots and Velcro gloves. You okay over there? I am okay. Okay. Check it out. Yeah. So anyways, as a result, a legal complaint was lodged and he was taken to court. Standing before the judge, he stated he could transform into a wolf and then told the following story. Allegedly, when he was a 10-year-old boy, one of his neighbors led him into the woods where he was introduced to a darker-skinned man by the name of M. De La Forest. Really? Wow. I love I know. that name. That's freaking awesome. M. De La Forest. In the forest. Yeah. Not to be confused with Forrest Gump. That's true. His life wasn't like a box of chocolates back then. No, but it sounds like life was a box of molestation. Yeah. This is what this is sounding like. Yeah. So the dark, mysterious man provided both of them with a balm before giving them a cape made of wolf skin. Did you say a bong? Balm. B-A-L-M. Gotcha. Okay. I swear to God, you said bong. I'm a whoa. This, <laughs> this is, is turn- taking a turn. <laughs> this is taking a turn, and they sparked a Hard bowl left. together. <laughs> now, a short time after was when Grenier discovered he could change into a wolf himself. At first, when he was being questioned, he stated his worst crime was murdering a dog. He insisted he hadn't done anything more drastic than that. When they, But when the authorities questioned him further, they heard the confessions of a cannibal. Reports indicate Grenier once broke into a house at night, grabbed a baby, and killed it. But he didn't stop there. He consumed the remains. After that, in two different villages, he murdered at least two little girls and ate parts of their flesh. How sweet. Uh, Baby meat. I know. (laughs) Freddy. According to him, he only committed these acts because he was ordered to do so by the, quote, Lord of the Forest. Now, Grenier told the police that when he went on these excursions, his father was right beside him as he could also take on the form of a wolf. Not only that, he claimed at one point he had witnessed his stepmother throw up a child's finger and a dog's paw after hacking up. Hey, know. hang tight, hang tight. So he breaks into these places. So I don't know if y'all know this, but wolves aren't exactly good at climbing. Well, and not just that, is they don't have opposable thumbs. Maybe these werewolves do. Maybe they're video game playing werewolves. But oh yeah, like my video game Squatch. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Just, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> thinking that werewolves, like if the it, it, that's true, wolves don't climb. They don't climb. I can see them jumping through a window, but then, and this is just how my brain works because I think logically, they're going to hit the floor with a little bit of a, at least a thump, and mom and dad are going to be like, "Charles, what is that? I don't know, Eleanor. Let me go check." I will grab the pistola. And then they're going to go and say, oh, my God, it's a wolf. But, you know, like raise an alarm. And nobody raised an alarm saying, hey, a great big damn wolf was in my baby's room and, you know, had a bib on and some A1 sauce. (laughs) My baby got eaten. Some A1 sauce. That's right. (laughs) Buster's barbecue sauce, maybe? (laughs) No, he sounds like an A1 guy. Yeah, that could be. A lot of Worcestershire going on. When the authorities looked into his claims, they discovered reports of missing children lined up with his statements. As a result, his stepmother and father were also taken into custody so they could be questioned. They verified Jean honestly believed he wasn't a boy but a wolf. However, they were adamant they were not involved, nor did they condone the acts he committed. 
Even though Grenier's confessions coincided with missing children's reports in the area, the authorities still didn't have any solid evidence to charge him with a crime, especially since believing he was a wolf doesn't really mean he acted as one to commit crimes. He could have been fabricating everything, trying to impress everyone around. However, they didn't stop their investigation. When they questioned local villagers, they found out there were children who survived vicious attacks and had wounds similar to wounds he said he had inflicted. In fact, he actually identified one young girl who had reported, quote, a large dog had attacked her. He told the authorities what wounds she had sustained in the alleged attack, and she showed law enforcement her officials her scars and they were identical to his claims in fact his teeth matched the teeth marks on her body perfectly see you can't deny right. that part of evidence that's true and i'm not even being an asshole no this time. that's how they got ted bundy <laughs> but you know but yeah the the girl said it was a large dog correct with werewolves it's a person turning into a large wolf which is a large dog, dog. it's a it's a canine yes you know, it's that is why I believe that it is definitely possible. Yeah, now, you know, I can like and I probable. said, I can I can concede your point. Now, the day after the authorities discovered Grenier's confessions checked out, they brought his father back so he could retell his story in his dad's presence. He repeated what he had said before without changing a single word. In the end, law enforcement officials didn't have any evidence indicating his father had anything to do with the attacks or murders. Therefore, they dropped all charges against him. Grenier, on the other hand, had his day in court. After hearing the evidence against him, the judge concluded the boy was suffering from hallucinations and therefore unable to comprehend the severity of his actions. Where's the hallucination? The girl right. said well, it yeah. was a large dog and well, his teeth lined up. I'm pretty sure that, that she would, yeah. if she's being attacked, she, she, if it was somebody wearing a dog costume or a wolf costume, then she would have said, hey. Or just wolf skin, yeah. Yeah, this dude wearing a wolf hide. Yeah. bit me but no she said it's a large dog kids aren't stupid well that's true too i mean i'm just i'm just going by what the historians are telling me scott i know i'm just i just get, i know right, you're right. getting irritated with me no not you <laughs> i know I, I think back then i go how freaking dumb do people have to be well you know dumb dumb dude no that's true Okay. Oh. anyways so the judge said the change of shape existed only in the brain of the insane as a result, they couldn't punish him for a crime. However, they still didn't want him out in society where he could harm others. Instead, they ordered him to be sent to a monastery where he would remain for the rest of his life. He was told if he made any attempt to escape, he would be executed immediately. To say Grenier didn't make it easy for the monks at the monastery is an understatement. As part of his conditions of stay, he was supposed to learn from their Christian teachings. However, as soon as they told him this was to be the case, he dropped down onto all fours, ran through the courtyard, and ate a pile of raw animal entrails and organs. <laughs> mm, yummy. I know. Yummy. Un undeterred by his actions, the monks still kept him at their monastery and did everything they could to help him. Approximately seven years after his confinement, a court official went to visit him and report his progress back to the courts. According to this official report, the now 20-year-old still craved the taste of human flesh, although he wasn't consuming it. And he insisted, quote, his dark master still visited him regularly. Unfortunately, a few short months after the visit, Grenier died, and it's unknown what caused a 20-year-old's death. In Adam Douglas's book, The Beast Within, he indicates that Grenier's case set a precedent in the judicial system of France. From that point forward, law enforcement 
ended their persecution of alleged werewolves and never had them stand trial. However, prior to that, there were plenty of tales of astonishing incidents which involved werewolves. Now, most of us are familiar, especially if you live in America, with what we call the Bible Belt in the United States. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the South, fuckers. Yeah. Hello. However, in the Middle Ages, between 1521 and 1600, sometimes even a little, you know, some instances a little further out, in Central Europe, especially France, had their own version, which they called Satan's Belt. And I'll try my best to explain. I want to live there. I know you do. <laughs> I can. I can do. I, that's all now, kind of debauchery going on, right? Well, and you and I talked about this a little bit off the air. During that time, the Protestants had launched a revolt against the Catholic Church, as they should. Yeah. As a result, the hierarchy of the church reestablished stricter doctrines in regions that were considered quote loyal to the Pope. Even though they didn't initiate them, they had supported the Central European campaigns carried out to quote free the population of alleged satanic entities. Basically, these campaigns were specifically designed to force the citizens of that region to hold tighter to their belief in God and the Catholic Church, which they considered the true religion. Now, similar to the 1692-1693 Salem witch trials in New England, from 1521 to 1600, numerous men were indicted on charges of theranthropy, and that's the belief that one is part human and part non-human. For instance, there was an extended period during those campaigns when approximately 3,000 men were reported to the authorities for having werewolf infection. In fact, <laughs> in the name of God, and I'm using like broad quotes here, inquisitors, or perhaps a proper term should be lynch mobs, mutilated and dismembered those accused to find the wolf's accused to find the wolf's hair that was supposed to have been in their bodies from the infection. Nobody was safe from persecution. And it opened the way for sociopathic and psychopathic generals to fulfill their sadistic desires for torture. During that era, France was in a battle to regain the political prestige they once had. As a result, it was probably the region with the most active witch hunters. It was a widely held belief that demons were responsible for most of the criminal behavior. Therefore, those who were considered the devil's disciples were inspired by him to take on different forms. In other words, some individuals truly felt they were, quote, cursed with an animal compulsion. And those people not only committed murder, they also ate the flesh and or drank the blood of their victims. Now... Decrees were issued throughout the French countryside by the government warning villagers about the existence of werewolves. These edicts also provided guidelines for arresting and punishing the beast should they have an encounter with one. However, these instructions weren't just for the people who thought they could transform into a vicious creature. The order also included anyone who was believed to be, quote, leading degenerate lives that endangered others. Ah, there you go. That's the yeah. caveat. That's who they're really after. Exactly. Even though the church made a valiant attempt to convince everyone throughout the region, there was only one true faith. Spiritual practices that called on nature's divine beings thrived. This was especially true in remote villages. Those who adhere to those religious practices believe the power to shapeshift wasn't a curse, but a genuine gift. The transcend 
Transcendental beliefs also allowed individuals who had powerful sex drives to claim their strong desires were because of a pact they had made with the devil. Oh my God, In I'm other words, that. they had the perfect justification to accept they weren't in control of their wrongdoings. And let me give you an example. So basically, anybody who was deemed unnatural or not normal was persecuted, right? Right. So, I mean, Scott, you would have been dead. Oh, yeah, dude, I would have been dead at birth. Well, not only that, because you're a big hairy beast, but also because of your sex drive. Yeah, I was going to say, because I have that super, I do, I have a super high. You do have a high sex drive. Unusual, and, and that's the weird thing, and I've had this discussion with, with many people. You know, they, they, they say that a man's sex drive is at his peak, what, through his 20s? Like from yeah, through, through his, his late 20s. teens, mid-20s. I'm hornier now at 49. That's because you didn't have sex for the first time until you were 30. Oh, my God. And then it was, never mind. <laughs> Leave me in the goat out of it. But, <laughs> no, like, it's really weird. Like, my sex drive has actually grown. Now, I do have some drop-offs here and there. Like, I, I'll go for a while where it's like, eh, I can live without sex. I don't I don't care. But then, like, it, it, that and only And then lasts. the wind will blow. <laughs> yeah, like, something will happen here. A bird go chirp, chirp. I'll be like, I will hump that bird. Like, I'll, I'll Give me two it. minutes. <laughs> Give me two minutes. Come here, birdie, 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 birdie. Where's your nest? <laughs> the bird's all like, bad touch. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> touch me in my no-no parts. <laughs> you touch me in my chirp, chirp parts. That's not right, mister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Ew. they would have killed me. They would have killed because you in a heart. They wouldn't have even burned you at the but stake what, what or really, you What first. really justifies to them, and I'm kind of curious, what justifies... A high sex drive. Like, let's say that I'm living in that era and I'm married and I want sex more than, let's say, more than once a week. Let's say it's twice a week. Is yeah. that high? Well, according to beliefs back then, sex was only supposed to be performed in the for the purposes of procreation. Procreation. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. No, I would have so been So you got to take that into consideration, too. So men weren't expected to have sex more than, what, a couple times a year? Oh, dude, I would have like 8,000 freaking kids. Like, seriously, I would be dude. humping. Dude, like all the time, you would have taken on the Mormon belief system and had many wives too. I would have had to, like seriously, just <laughs> so I didn't get killed. I'd be oh. like, I have fifty wives, and I love them all, and I have a, a thousand kids. <laughs> I found out something for for you, is that I know that you know, you know that in the Mormon belief and culture, it is a sin for them to have premarital sex, right? Yes. But there's a loophole for you to have sex with a Mormon girl. Oh, 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 according to them, God, Jesus says that sex is vaginal penetration, so you can do it in the butt. No, I, I knew about that one, yeah. Did you? Totes, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I gotta tell Scott that. You get the Mormon girls to do a little bit of butt love, and I tell you what. <laughs> party! Are they freaks? It's a party in the tabernacle. That's what the hell that is. <laughs> and honestly, like a lot of Mormon girls are freaky. They're freaky, and they really don't give a shit about the sex part of it. I know it's against Jesus, but we're so horny. No, no, I'm good. I'm good with that. You know what? Yeah, I, I respect we're your so beliefs. We're so horny. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, let me help you out with that. That's not That's a problem right. at all. I don't want to defile you according to your religion, so let me turn you around. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defile you in a lot of ways. Like, a lot of ways. <laughs> we're so bad. No, I heard that today. I was like, oh my gosh, Scott. <laughs> there's so, always a loop. There's always there's a back door. Always to, a lo- there's always a back door. To every rule. You like that one? I did. Dude, that was good. That one was good. So, in 1521, near the border of Switzerland and France, in a place called Besancon, France, Mich- Michel Verdun. Michel. Michel. 
and Pierre Burgo were put on trial. According to reports, Verdun and Burgo claimed to have pledged their subservience to a master of, quote, master of three black men. In exchange for their unwavering obedience, the two men were given money and immunity from tribulation. They said they took this. I don't even want to fucking get into this one either. They said they took part in a ritualistic ceremony in which they were anointed with a thick, sticky lubricant <laughs> that caused them to transform into a savage animal. Happens to me. I can buy that. It happens to me. I was just like, I can't go on. If there's enough lube, nothing's impossible. <laughs> right. Well, just ask the intern. No. Oh. <laughs> Once they were given their new ability, they went and ripped a seven-year-old boy, a little girl, and a grown woman apart before they ate their victim's flesh. Now, Borgo and Verdun derived a powerful thrill from drinking the warm blood. They were driven to kill more people. The two also claimed they had sex with other female wolves because according to them, and literally this is how they said it, this is the French version, is as do- as as dogs follow Bisha, as dogs follow a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. So Verdun was allegedly found in a wolf's disguise. Apparently he encountered a traveler and attacked him. When that person, that injured that person injured the werewolf before Vodun could murder him. Once the attacker was wounded, he fled and his intended victim followed the blood trail to his home. When the traveler burst through the door of the cabin, they found Verdun's wife cleaning and dressing his wound. He and Burgo were then taken into custody. And all the court, although the court listened to all the witnesses and the claims <coughs> of the accused, their decision was swift. The judge showed no leniency when he ordered both men to be executed for practicing sorcery. But here's the thing. It's not even that. I, th- I think that that one there is not a true case of lycanthropy. I think that yeah. one there is a case of taking psychotropic drugs. I you know, think you hal- might be right. Yeah, ha- ha- hallucinogenics, you know? Yeah. Um, there's there's plenty of shrooms out there that do it. There's there's certain tree barks that'll do it. Um, oh, yeah. And things like that. So I think that's a hallucinogenic I mean, let's not trip. get into peyote. Oh, he's rocking. Oh, my God. I've never done it, but I've heard it's amazing. It is, man. <laughs> you will go on a little adventure of which I can't even describe. See, I've heard that. Is that when, like, my mystical beast takes you on his adventure, too? Oh, hell yes. <laughs> when me and Ghost are talking, he goes, did you get the peyote? I did, said, I haven't got it yet. Did you that peyote that I told you to get? <laughs> me and your dog are going to share peyote, and we're, him and I are both going to have a mystical adventure together. for my dog. <laughs> so it appears all the stories from those troubling times had a common theme. A vulnerable person, usually a child or woman, were found in a remote location after they were ripped apart and or their flesh was partially consumed. Witnesses who made the gruesome discovery always claimed they saw a wolf fleeing the area. Although people are said to have confessed to the brutality, the validity of those confessions is in doubt, especially since inquisitors and accusers resorted to extreme methods of torture during their interrogations. In all likelihood, it's also possible that these attacks were from actual wolves and had been res- that had been responsible for the destruction. However, in the heightened fear and persecution, people considered different and or odd were blamed and thus paid the price. They were then sacrificed in public executions so that other members of the community could feel they had been, quote, purified of evil and their village was safe again. I was going to say, there's a pine right there. Oh, is that your... Yeah, it's your guitar thingy, right? So... It's the uh, it's the neck for my custom-built guitar yeah, that's, that's what I thought. built for me. When you said it's my thingy, I knew what you meant. <laughs> 
So despite the fact many people were accused, condemned, and executed as a result of the witch hunts of that area, it didn't drive the werewolf into extinction. According to reports, during the 16th century, a reclusive, strange-looking man by the Scott, by the name of Giles Garnier, lived with his family in Dole, France. The family wasn't well off and were struggling to make ends meet. Trying to keep his family from starving, he would go hunt for wild game in the woods nearby. He later claimed on one of those trips he had a, quote, encounter with a spectral man. This, gave, this man gave him, again, a thick, sickly, lubricant-type ointment before teaching him how to transform into a wolf. Giles was told his ability to turn himself into a wolf when used with the substance he was given, he would be more successful in chasing down game to feed his family. Now, Giles claimed that after that encounter, he continued to hunt in the woods. However, instead of targeting wild game, he began killing humans. In 1573, some people witnessed him attacking a young child. So they captured him and used torture techniques to force his confession. He gave his own version of a man trapped in the body of a wolf tail that centered on the Feast of St. Michael. Now, also known as, and this is weird, it's also known as Michaelmas. The Feast of St. Michael is held on September 29th and coincides with the fall harvest in Western Europe. In England, it's actually customary for a goose to be served during the festivities because it's said to protect those who eat it from struggling financially in the coming year. Now, this is what Giles claimed happened. Not long after the Feast of St. Michael and his interaction with the spectral man, he was hunting when he noticed a 10-year-old girl wander into a nearby vineyard. He transformed into a wolf, stalked her, and when the time was right, he attacked. According to his claims, he killed her using his paws and teeth. Once the girl was dead, he dragged her corpse into the, remo- into the woods and slowly removed her clothing, which I don't know how he did this if he had paws and no opposable thumbs, but, you know, whatever. Don't judge. Uh, Apparently, you know, and he satisfied his need for raw flesh. When he satiated his lust, he ripped more more of her flesh, and he took home, which he took home and fed to his wife. A short time later, he attempted to repeat the experience with another young girl. However, before he could attack her, he heard people approaching and he fled the area so he wouldn't get caught. That alone would negate his claims because he was aware he was doing something wrong, right? So approximately a week after the second attempt, he attacked and murdered a young boy. Once the boy was dead, he feasted on flesh from the child's abdomen and upper thigh. And when he was finished, he ripped off the boy's leg and took it home to his wife. He was finally caught when he tried attacking another child when he wasn't in wolf form. People saw him trying to hurt the young girl and recognized who he was. They tracked him down and arrested him and his wife both. Now, during his trial, Giles claimed he was influenced by a power beyond his control. In fact, the court believed he truly was the victim of dark forces. However, they didn't consider that a mitigating factor and declared him guilty of murder. They felt the best course of action was to purge the evil inside him from their midst, and the only way to accomplish that was through the use of fire. His case was so publicized for the time, and everyone who heard about it was extremely shocked by his actions. Therefore, the Parliament of Francio, Francio Comte, I think is how it's pronounced, meant to make an example out of him. They wanted to show the citizens what would become of them should they ever decide to make a pact with Satan. So he was burned alive for his crimes. After Giles was executed, 
um, Sens, a commune in France, printed pamphlets about his case. Those pamphlets gave vivid accounts of the crimes Giles committed and the court's ruling and his subsequent punishment. In reality, historians believe he truly did nothing wrong. They contend young children in the area were actually being attacked by wolves who were hungry because their food stores had diminished. Then, because of the superstitions running rampant at the time, it wasn't difficult for people to, quote, see features of a human in the faces of those creatures in the diminished light. In fact, during Giles' trial, his defense called witnesses to stand who corroborated his initial claims. Oh, that's beautiful. That's the custom neck. That's be- I like the inlay. Yeah, you like that? I do. Sorry, I, I, I normally won't pause for this kind of bullshit, but that came out good or what? Look, I'm, stro- I'm stroking your neck, Scott. <laughs> I do like the inlay. The inlay's came out beautiful. It is beautiful. The only thing is I'm going to have to have. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. That is gorgeous. And it's light. Well, thank God, because that thing is a freaking shit ton. Yeah, that's gorgeous, though. I do. I was going to ask you if it was Mother of Pearl. Yeah, because you can catch the glint in the light. So That's going to be amazing under the lights, too. So anyways, um, these witnesses corroborated his claims. However, as we saw in the Salem witch trials, he was most likely the victim of mass hysteria. The following case, this next case takes place in France not long after Giles' incident. However, it illustrates actions more closely related to the pattern of what we know about serial killers and more specifically their desire to inflict torture and bloodshed. But I'm going to save that for part three because it's kind of, you know, the next part's kind of long. There's actually going to be two more parts after this. Oh, okay, groovy. So talk about your guitar, Scott. So I'm having a custom guitar built because, so currently I play uh, mostly Les Pauls. And for those of you that don't play guitar, Les Pauls are awesome. They're made by Gibson, except they're heavy as hell. Heavy. So I'm having a, 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 a guitar built for me, and the neck just came in. It's got vine inlays that I had in Mother of Pearl. Um, up the neck with a nice, it's uh, uh, unusual looking headstock on it, which is the top where the tuners go. And it's, it's beautiful. It just came in and it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I'm surprised so well Scott's not, I mean, he's kind of having a mini orgasm over there, but yeah. Yeah, because it, it's just, it's absolutely amazing. It's yes. an amazing job that the that the maker of this neck did. Yeah. I mean, it looks beautiful. I'll admit, it looks beautiful. Oh, yeah. I'm excited about the new guitar, man. I know. Me too when you get it. I can't wait. Good times. All right, boys and girls. Remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs. Log on to Facebook and join Citizens of Brutal Nation. Join the chat because I always have some bullshit to say. Yeah, we always have something. (coughs) And we always try to give different subjects for the day, too. So there's something new every day. Yeah, and it's not just all about werewolves or, you know, or my hard nipples. Um, (laughs) Jesus Christ. I have nothing more to add to that. Uh, I think yeah. that's everything that we had I to do. So Check now, out the yeah. Etsy account. Uh, we don't normally cover that. Yeah, I think that's it. All right, boys and girls, this show's copyright 2023 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. We will see you guys later on. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs>